Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about apologetics in the 21st century. Christian apologetics in the 21st century. As I've said numerous times before, apologetics comes from the Greek word apologia, which means defense. And when we look at Acts 22 and 1, Luke writes, Men and brethren and fathers, hear ye my defense which I make unto you. That word in the Greek is apologia. Then in Philippians 1 and 7, Paul writes, Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, Inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. So from that particular passage where he says, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, that word defense in the Greek is apologia. And again, it means defense or to answer or to respond. Philippians 1.17, Paul writes, But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. And that word defense again is apologia in the Greek. Then there is a conjugated form, apologiomai, which means to defend oneself. And we find that also in the scriptures. Acts 19 and 33. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward, and Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. Again, that word defense in the Greek is apologia, but in this context is apologiomai. So I just wanted to give just a few scriptures that buttress the point that we as Christians are mandated to give each man and woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us and to do it with gentleness and respect first Peter three fifteen. And if you notice, Peter writes, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ye always ready to give each man an answer. That word answer in the Greek is apologia. So we are commissioned by God. We have been taxed by God to give an answer 
for the reason of the hope that lies within us and to do it with gentleness and respect. This means the task of studying about God, the task of reading our Bible, the task of witnessing and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the task of ministering to those that need to be ministered to doesn't just belong to your pastor. All of us who have confessed Christ as our Lord have been asked to do our part in kingdom building. So the task of evangelism belongs to all of us. The task of practicing apologetics is for all of us, not just a few, not just so-called theologians. But if you're listening to me and you're a Christian, you are obligated to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about apologetics in the 21st century. But let us take a look at early forms of apologetics. Since the first century, Christians were defending the historic faith. And since we all have been charged with this ministry of reconciliation, the need for apologetics is unavoidable. When we share the good news of Jesus Christ, this means we also need to be ready to defend or to articulate why we believe what we believe. Christians, you and I, must prepare ourselves to offer an explanation that is Bible-based. So when we share with other people, it's not acceptable to share our own private subjective ideologies instead of sharing God's word. And if we're going to share personal testimonies or experiences, we need to make sure that whatever we're sharing is consistent with the scripture and in harmony with the scripture. In addition, as believers, we are obligated to correct or to refute erroneous doctrine. You and I have this unique deontological obligation to correct or refute erroneous doctrine. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and watch the world propagate falsehood when we have the truth and not do anything with it. If our neighborhoods are going to get better in a sufficient way, it has to be through God's kingdom agenda. If our relationships are going to become uh, strengthened and stronger and peaceful, it has to come through the word of God and his kingdom agenda. If fractured family relationships are to be restored and put it back on a solid foundation, 
it has to be through God's kingdom agenda and our ability to share the good news and sound doctrine. So as believers, when we look around our communities, when we look around national events, when we uh, look at the way things are degrading and regressing, we have to make sure that we're doing our part. And we can't ever say, it's just me. For greater is he that is in us than he that's out in the world. We can do all things to Christ who is our strength. His grace is indeed sufficient for us to carry out the mandates that he's given us. By 12 men, God was able to use these ordinary men and do supernatural things through them. Likewise, you and I are ordinary men and women that God desires to use in a supernatural way. And never belittle yourself. We are somebody in Christ. As he uses us to bless other people, invariably God gets the glory. As he uses us to stand up when we hear erroneous teaching, when we hear heresy, when we hear people living out of sync with the will of the creator, as the Holy Spirit leads us to speak, we have to stand up. We have to make sure that we are comfortable in our own faith. And the world needs us to share the light of the gospel. I understand that in many ways, things look bleak. In many ways, there's darkness around us. But if we are obedient to doing the things that God has asked us to do, he will do the rest. The Apostle Paul writes, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready to always give an answer to every man that asks you. And I'm sorry, that's the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3.15. Be ready to give each man an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you. 1 Peter 3.15. Then Paul wrote, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. As we said before, so say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, than that you have received, let him be accursed. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. So already we see Peter talking about giving a defense of the gospel. About articulating why you believe what you believe. Then Paul writes that there are some who are preaching a gospel which is really not a gospel at all. Because their intent is to pervert the gospel. 
And Paul then sets the bar as high as you can get. He says, I do not care if the erroneous teaching is coming from me or even from angels. If I'm doing it or even if angels are doing it, let them be accursed. So we can't no longer give people a free pass because they've written millions of books and they, they're a so-called theologian or they're popular or they're televangelists. We cannot give people a free pass. Even if I say something that's inconsistent with doctrine or inconsistent with uh, the teachings of the word of God, I am to be called on it based on God's love. And when we share with other people, when we refute erroneous doctrine, we must do it with charity. We must do it with love, the love that God talks about, the compassion that God talks about. We are not correcting other people to win arguments. We correct other people so they won't destroy themselves as well as destroy others by the erroneous teachings. So Paul says, let them be accursed. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. So we are casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So teachings that are inconsistent with a Christian paradigm ought to be confronted. We are to challenge illogical philosophies on behalf of God. We are to confront and clarify teachings or thoughts or writings that are against God's word. You and I have that charge. So whether it's the biology teacher or professor in your child's or grandchildren's school that's telling him or her something different, we have the obligation to give the counter-argument. The Apostle John writes, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they they are of God because many false prophets are gone into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it shall come. And even now already is it, is it in the world. First John. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. So John tells us that not all spirits 
originate from the same place. And when we hear something new, we need to make sure that whatever the teaching is, we filter it by the word of God. He says, test the spirit by the spirit. So whatever new teachings, whatever new books you're reading, make sure that you check it with God's word. God's word should take priority over anything else. It, it, it's our ruler. And the only way we'll know if something is out of step with God is to compare it with his word. And then we are to practice sound hermeneutics while you're looking at the word. And hermeneutics, again, is the science and art of biblical interpretation. So test the spirit by the spirit. Make sure that is the real thing. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not in your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Second John 110. If we go back to the first John chapter four, verses one through three, John was dealing with a segment of individuals who were saying that they believed in Jesus, but Jesus did not rise up physically. And so when he writes first John chapter four, verses one through three, it was to confront and challenge this movement that Christ rose up spiritually. This is why he writes that if there's an individual that does not confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, this individual or their teaching is not of God. And this is that spirit of the Antichrist. So again, we have to be careful that we do not eagerly embrace someone's teaching just because they are articulate, just because they have a degree title in front of their name, just because they're selling millions of books, just because they are on the airwaves. We need to be careful. Now let's take a look at apologetics through the centuries. In the third century, Sabellianism, which was also called modalism, was the third century movement, meaning this was the century of the 200s. Sabellius, who was a presbyter living in Rome, created a controversy. In contrast to the classical view of God's nature, Sibelius taught that God revealed himself in different modes rather than three distinct persons as we view and define the Trinity. In other words, Sibelius was saying God became Jesus and then Jesus became the Holy Spirit. Sibelianism was later refuted by Dionysius of Alexandria. Sibelius was eventually excommunicated for his teaching by Pope Calixtus. So again, he was teaching that within the Godhead, the Father became the Son, Jesus Christ. Then Jesus Christ became the Holy Spirit, which is a non-doctrinal view 
of the Trinity or the uh, nature of God. So he was challenged by the church. Then in the fourth century, Arianism popped up, which was propagated by Arius, another presbyter who resided in Alexandria, Egypt. Arius taught that Christ was not divine, but created. And in response to this teaching, the church formed a council and developed the Nicene Creed in 325 AD. The Nicene Creed essentially rejected the doctrine of Arianism. And among those who rejected and confronted Arian was the Bishop uh, Athanasius of Alexandria, Egypt. Then the Council of Constantinople in 381 AD condemned the false doctrine taught by Apollinaris the Younger, who was Bishop of Laodicea. Apollinaris taught, uh, obscured the genuine and authentic humanity of Christ. And as a result, the church unified to assess his doctrine and they eventually labeled him a heretic for teachings that were inconsistent with orthodoxy. So throughout time, Christians have always stood firm in combating and refuting erroneous doctrine. So as we live in this present age of pluralism and relativity, the church in the 21st century must stand firm on the legacy of Christian apologetics which were practiced by our predecessors. Defending God, the faith is not optional, but it's a mandate by God himself. So it is up to you and I, if this world is going to get any better in terms of uh, morality, in terms of our everyday living, if Light is going to shine through the darkness. We need to do our part and give people an opportunity to accept Christ for themselves. We pray that you learn something from this episode, that you are emboldened to learn more about the word of God and to study the word of God that you may share with others. Or when others inquire about your faith, that you are in a position to give them a Bible-based response. May God bless you and your ministry. And remember to do for the truth what others do for a lie. And if you are blessed by this ministry, Sound Reasoning, we ask that you consider becoming a financial sponsor or you can pray for us and that uh, supersede all, all, everything else. Again, Please consider becoming a financial sponsor as we continue to share uh, God's sound doctrine abroad. Have a great day and may the Lord be with you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. 
Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.